0: Welcome to What's Next, Living Longer, Better, Smarter. In this edition, hopeful for the holidays. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Mary Furlong. Hi, Mary.
1: Hi, great to be here, Fred, with you today.
0: Well, everything is so different, getting ready for the holidays during a pandemic. But with vaccines on the horizon and families finding ways to stay close virtually when necessary, there is still much to be hopeful about.
1: Yes, and we have a great guest with us today. So someone I've worked with for a long time, uh, Michael Phillips at ARP. And
2: first, let me thank you, Mary and Fred for, for having me on today. This is, uh, this is such a treat coming into the holidays to do this by Zoom. Um, it's it's such, a, such a different year. And, and like many, many families, our holiday plans are much different than they are in, in, in the past. Um, but one of the things that we're seeing, I think everybody's seeing, is that COVID is making the benefits of technology even even greater than they were, magnified. And there's some great technology that's out there that, uh, that, that I can share that we'd love to, that, that, that will bring um, joy to a lot of people, I'm sure, over the holidays. Um, just one note on some of our research, we're seeing that uh, older adults are adopting technology devices and services at the same same rate uh, or almost the same rate as other ages, they're just not always using all of the features and functionality as well as or as much as others. So some great opportunities are out there to, uh, to help the, the loved ones in our life take full advantage of, of technology. And I want to start with what I think is the category of devices that is coming Further, the innovation is happening the fastest, and that is, I've got one example here, the smart display. It's a category that almost doesn't even have a name yet, even though it's been around for a few years. Um, this is an Amazon uh, Alexa show. Um, there's also a Facebook portal. Um, I'm sending
3: to TV. This might take a few hold seconds. Hold on one second. Let me. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, that's Alexa. what
2: they do. Mute. Yes, that's right. Google, you mute too. We have to quiet everybody down. Google has a has the home the Google um, Nest Hub, Mary, which which you have one in the box. That's exciting. You get to unbox it.
1: Well, this was an exciting box to open this morning. It's my new um, Google Nest Hub Max, and I think it just does everything right, Fred. All in one box.
0: They they do a lot, and now oh. so you can have. Uh, Alexa and Max meet each other, isn't that sweet? That's (laughs) right.
2: That's right. And and I want to mention one, Alexa mute. I also want to, uh, I just want to uh, mention a third, and that's the Facebook portal, which comes in a few different smart device form factors. I have one that fits on my television and turns my 52-inch television into a a smart display, um, and it uses Alexa. But these, all all of these uh, smart displays came out of uh, voice, They all do so many different things, but the best thing I think they do is help us stay connected by video chat. And it's so easy to drop in on loved ones uh, and and family members by video using these uh, these devices. Um, If it's okay, I wanna just say something that I I really appreciate about each of the three models that I I mentioned. Um, The Alexa device is actually bringing in integration with uh, their new home health hub, and is going to allow care, family uh, family caregivers to monitor loved ones who have a have a device um, from afar, so know what 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 uh, what what reminders and what um, what other activities take in place, and be able to drop in. Um, I love the Google Nest Hub that, that Mary you've, you, you have, you'll be unboxing because it's such a great way to share, share pictures. Uh, I can share pictures from, from my Google Facebook or I'm sorry, my Google Photos and other social media. And it's also an easy way to drop in on these YouTube how-to videos that we all can't get enough of, right? And, and finally, Mary, I know you're a new grandmother and I, this, these, the Facebook portal has a wonderful feature that one of these days as, uh, as, as the little one grows up, you're gonna love, and that is storytelling. So they use the magic of, of augmented reality to put the grandparent in the story through video chat um, as they read the, uh, the story to their grandkids. It's such fun technology, is lovely.
1: Uh, Fred, I know you're a big fan of uh, family storytelling, right?
2: Well, yeah,
0: I've been doing a, a weekly grandpa story time with some of the younger grandchildren. I've got six and all grandchildren, but the, the younger ones, and it's the same time every week on, on Wednesday nights. And what I've been doing is using a, a notebook and, and Zoom, using the Kindle reader and sharing that screen. So I'm still in a corner of the screen reading and I can see them too. And the book, they can see the book as we turn the pages and things. They they have a thing called Kindle Unlimited, which mm-hmm. lets you subscribe. And there are a whole bunch of kids' books that you can you don't have to go buy them every week. You can go through and find whatever they want to they want to hear that week. And and it's a terrific thing. And actually it's one of those silver linings during the during COVID. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I'd been doing this before. Didn't start till the pandemic.
2: That's right, and uh, you know, I think we're all f- looking and finding these silver linings and, and technology is allowing us to, to stay connected in new and exciting ways that we just might not have been doing if, uh, if it, otherwise. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's really exciting. And I think by showing the screen, you're reading along with them and they're, they're learning to read with you even though you're not even in the same room. That's really, really exciting.
0: And Mary's going to find a lot of things with her new Hub Max that, that she can do. It can be a can be a TV in the kitchen. It can be all kinds of things, you know, video conferencing and music. It's got a great speaker, too. I'm sure you've had to listen to it, too, Michael.
2: Yep, that's right. That's right. And, and um, you know, being able to check the weather and, and news and, and information and in um, different ways, it, it makes it so convenient. From one one place, I want to um, also share. You know, because it is such a such a, a different year, um, I want to share another idea uh, for 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 gifting that ha- that's that's technology based, and that's digital subscriptions. Um, the reason that I love digital subscriptions for uh, for for 2020 is uh, one: there's so many that promote healthy living, and we all are thinking about living more healthy. Um, given some of the limitations in our day-to-day life, um, also it's it's a gift that doesn't make any clutter, and and third, it's something that you can give without actually being there. You know, we're not going to be present when a lot of people uh, open their presents. Um, some we, we we may not want to uh, ship presents. So digital subscriptions are a great idea. Um, a few of my my favorite digital subscriptions. Um, if if you have somebody in your life that is interested in lifelong learning. And uh, we all know that that promotes greater brain health than, as we as we age. Um, Masterclass is a wonderful uh, is a wonderful um, subscription to provide. Udemy, Skillshare has cooking and sewing and a lot of other um, types of skills like that. Or Rosetta Stone, learning a new language is uh, also promotes healthy healthy brain. Giving a digital giving digital script subscriptions. For a meditation app like uh, Headspace or, or my favorite, Calm, um, or a fitness uh, subscription um, like uh, Beach Body uh, On Demand or a yoga subscription, or, um, or even Peloton has uh, wonderful video con- uh, fitness content that you don't have to buy their expensive equipment in order to enjoy. And and lastly, just the all of the entertainment subscriptions have gifts, gift uh, subscriptions available. Um, if they're into movies and television, obviously it's Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus has amazing content now. Um, if they like to read uh, or listen to audiobooks, books, um, Audible or or my favorite Blinkist because it compresses it compresses the uh, the books. Um, and then music subscriptions are always a great uh, a great gift idea. Spotify, YouTube Music, um, Pandora Premium, those types of things.
1: That's a great idea, Michael. I mean, it's hard even to go and buy gift cards, right? And yes. so um, I also think older adults consume a lot of news. And so if you you know you get to the point where you have to join and read uh, to read the whole article, a news subscription is great and. Um, I'm a big fan of Mayo Clinic's health content, and also Spark People. Um, if you hire a nutritionist and who hasn't gained 19 pounds during COVID, um, Spark People makes it really easy to track your your meal planning. So I think those are, I love that idea of digital subscriptions as an idea.
2: It, it, seems, it seems very 2020, doesn't it? it?
1: And I'll tell you, the gift I just gave our team last week was, you know, DoorDash, you know, so I think technology is at this strategic inflection point, which we hit about mid-February, and we all had to learn services like Instacart and um, DoorDash, so these apps that younger people were using all the time have become very much a part of our life, right, as caregivers even.
2: That's exactly right, and and there's so many great subscription services out there for either physical tangible things, services um, like Uber, Geek Squad, Help Herd, um, or, or or streaming content.
0: And some of those fitness things that you were talking about, Michael, uh, they can tie in with the trackers that people can wear, the wearables.
2: Yeah, so a lot of that is 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 coming. A lot of that's growing. Yes, there there are um, there there is. There are services like Buddy Service and some and Vitalik and other services that are starting to take the data from from wearables and, and other and activity trackers and other health sensors um, and aggregate it together. I think over the next year or two, you're gonna we're gonna see so many more opportunities to um, to to easily use uh, health healthy living services. Uh, sensors from wearables and really intelligent assistive um, information coming to us. I think that's really coming quick. That innovation,
0: Mary, with that beautiful new granddaughter that you have, I know you've been thinking about uh, Grandma Tech. You can use that uh, Google Max Hub as a uh, the Nest Hub as a, as a as a digital frame of sorts. But there are lots of other digital frames on the market too that allow people to send photos to you that just pop up wherever you have the frame.
1: I think since the COVID happened, the amount of um, picture sharing and image sharing that people have about what's going on in their lives because we're not seeing each other so much. Um, I mean, it used to be people would take pictures when they were in a restaurant of what their meal was. Well, those days are kind of gone, but I think gone for now at least, but I think there is this idea to participate in each other's life. And how do we do that? I'm a little concerned about privacy. So Michael, when all these people are listening to you, how do we manage that? I mean, what if I don't want to work out today because my knee hurts? I mean, is yeah. Alexa gonna make me get out there anyway?
2: Yeah, or or, 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 or tattletale on YouTube. <laughs> your family, well, your family yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the one of the things we have to work out as a society and as innovators and and you have such a great, uh, great um, cadre of listeners that are working on these big issues. Um, What's that balance of being able to monitor and provide assistance versus the privacy concerns? And um, I think we have to work through all of that um I I, and photos are a great example too you know putting photos in the cloud so that uh, they go so that people can enjoy on their digital frames like you said Fred uh is is an is a is a great service to be able to share pictures so easily um and 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 watching where where those pictures go and, and how long we have access to them um we've been doing a lot of uh a lot of archiving pictures both locally on hard drives and in the cloud and um, and having to think through some of these questions, but I, I did want to bring that up also as 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 one other opportunity. Uh, now in the a in the age in the season of COVID, when people are at home and may not ha- have as active lives and are looking for projects to get into, what a great project this winter to uh, to go to go back and archive all of the family photos from over the years. And there's great you know for a gift buying somebody a a one terabyte hard drive is less than $50. Now, um, Mm -hmm. there's services, there's, there's uh, devices that you can sit your camera phone on top of and start and rapidly take pictures of, uh, digital pictures, convert to, you know, convert to digital pictures, um, store it in the cloud or store it locally. You have two options there. And, um, you know, I, I think that gives us the opportunity to, uh, Really take those memories from from years behind years back, and not only save them for later generations, but share them through the Google Nest Hub, through digital picture frames, and through other media.
0: Terrific! You know, I, I looked at one thing, which was a, a scanner a while back from Epson, uh, their fast photo scanner that lets you take really a stack of your snapshots put them in and it spits them out like one every second. It's, it's so yeah. fast.
1: Michael, another area that I want, I think is a gift idea. And I have a microphone here, see, because I've had to open up a Zoom studio in my home, but many boomers are working still. You know, your colleague Nancy last week said the future of retirement is work. And so as we're working, we have to skill up in these technology areas. So that's where companies like Get Set Up can teach you technology skills, but what about having a home studio installed for Christmas or Hanukkah?
2: Oh, yeah, that's a great that's a great idea with with lighting and and a mic. And a, I love your microphone there, there, Mary. <laughs> it looks like Alfred R. Alfred R. Murray is that the well, Alfred, I'm I'm
0: Edward R. Murrow? And I've you know, got the same one in front of me.
2: <laughs> but I think that yours yours as well, Fred. Those are those uh the, the, those are those are excellent great. Um, that's a great, uh, that's a great um, idea is, uh, you know, backdrops and studios, because we're all, um, you know, we're, we're all going to be in this situation, e- even when things are back to normal. I think that we're going to be able to enjoy each other's uh, company uh, through video for a long time. So that makes a lot of sense.
1: I know you have children, um, Michael, and they're probably spending some time being schooled at home. Do you have any advice for people that are Trying to gift for school-age children, um, what are things that can help in homeschooling and, and um, inspire them? Should we be buying STEM toys this holiday?
2: Yeah, that that's really that's a really great question. There are some great STEM toys out on the market, especially for younger younger kids. Um, and Microsoft Azure has just come out with a whole line. That they have not started marketing yet, but uh, is 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 great for the young programmers. Um, obviously, Arduino um, and uh, Raspberry Pi are still our, our, our platforms that kids are really learning to, to code on. Um, we what we've found with our kids who are in school. They have a lot more time now. They're not doing after school activities. School doesn't take the full eight hours. and to be able to learn new skills like coding is is great. And, and Fred, you and I have something in common. We both learned to uh, do our first coding or programming on a TI 994A years ago. <laughs> so um, you know the, the, I, I think that whatever there's uh, several platforms for today's young budding technologists to, to, to learn on.
0: Who, well, needs hard dri- who needs hard drives when you have cartridges? <laughs>
2: that's right, or cassette tapes in the, in, in the case of, uh, of of the TI computer.
1: So I think that's an important point um, because, you know, I always joke that I did my dissertation on punch cards, uh, which I did at, at, at SC. And when you look at older adults that were engineers and many have a lifelong interest in new technologies, but there's still a learning curve to... to you know, figure out the next thing. So there's probably some skills and resources we can offer to our audience about how to learn to use the new technologies, right?
2: Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, and, and our kids actually are getting a, a game console, which we don't have, not mm-hmm. so that they, they can sit around and play games, but so they can get active. You know, I think fitness is such an important yes. thing. On a computer all day and not being able to get outside, Um, we're 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 looking for fitness gaming as a way of continuing activity over the winter.
1: Well, I like all of your suggestions because I think a lot of times people think about older adults and what can we get, what technologies can we get to monitor them. I like to think about technologies to empower them and to help them share their. Their vision, their voices. And I know, Fred, later in the segment, we have a great example of using technology to share your voice, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. So you want to stay tuned for that. Michael, really, really great to have you with us. And congratulations on, on the work that you're doing with AARP. Really, really terrific.
2: Well, thank you guys, and thank thank you for all that you're doing uh, in in the space of innovation and longevity market. It's it's so meaningful. So kudos, and keep up the good work in twenty twenty one.
0: In this next segment, Mary, we're taking a look at just one of the many highlights from this month's longevity innovation summit. Joining us from Pew Research is Lee Rainey, Director of Internet and Technology Research. Great to see you again, Lee.
4: So great to see you too.
1: And uh, Lee, I've always been inspired by your work. And one of the things I've learned as a female entrepreneur is you have to pay attention to the data and the trends. And so we're very interested to hear what your analysis showed about internet trends and communication trends about boomers and seniors. Thanks,
4: Mary. The big story I was trying to tell on that panel is that people over age 50 have been very much a part of the two huge revolutions that have occurred in media uh, in their lifetimes and in actually just in the past generation. So one big trend, of course, is, is the rise of technology and the way in which we've seen adoption of essential uh, digital tools uh, uh, across the board, across all kinds of populations, but it's changed the media landscape. It's changed the way that people get information. It's allowed them to share information in ways that are much easier than it used to be before. So so the technology disruption piece was part of it. The second piece is that the media landscape itself has become balkanized. There are so many alternatives now for people to get news and information, again, and to share material that's back, that's been enormously disruptive to the big industries that have uh, gone through these, these changes. So here's one of the highlight slides that I presented that compares adults over age 65 to the general population in five big dimensions of technology adoption. You can see that 90% of American adults now use the internet and three quarters of senior citizens do. Home broadband is of course an enormously important part of the tech landscape. If You have home broadband, you're a really different uh, media consumer from those who don't have it. And about 59% of those over age 65 now have home broadband. So it's a really strong adoption story. More than half of uh, people over age 65 have smartphones. There's hardly any gap between uh, folks uh, over 65 and the general population when it comes to tablet computer ownership. Tablet computers are enormously popular uh, with with seniors. And social media is really the most striking story from our perspective as we look at the way that people's media habits and media diets have changed 40 percent of those age 65 and older now use social media. And here's what that looks like for a couple of the key platforms. There there aren't that many uh, folks over 50 who use Snapchat, but once you get into places like Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, significant shares of the population 65 and older are now very deeply into, into those environments. And part of the story is, of course, they're creating their own community spaces as they are in, at embracing the social media platforms for their own purposes. We, we also asked a bit about how people are using the internet in the midst of the pandemic. Has their um, the internet use been essential or has it been important but not essential? And you'll see there that significant shares of the population over age 50 now say that uh, as they've sheltered in place and been uh, disrupted by the pandemic, the internet has been essential to them and more important in ways that are dramatic um, across the board. It's the way they're getting their food in some cases. It's certainly the way they're entertaining themselves. It's the way that they are sharing uh, social engagements and things like that. And then finally, here's just the last slide to show you uh, broad media consumption patterns across different age demographics. And you'll see that in the context of getting political and election news, People over age 50 um, are are very much online, so they're getting news through websites and apps, but they're also really avid consumers on cable TV, local TV, network TV, radio and print. So it's uh, it's a pretty wide ranging story and it's it's a story about um, the multiplicity of of uh, media activities in people's lives.
1: And also the changing. So do you think part of the adoption, of social media was to stay connected with their families.
4: Oh, that usually was the starting story. Uh, a, a child or a grandchild would invite uh, a senior citizen to join them on Facebook. If you wanna see pictures of me, if you wanna see what I'm up to, join me on Facebook. But it was so striking to see in our data that once uh, people over age 50 began to um, flood into, particularly Facebook, um, they began to embrace brand new uses of the platform. So, w- one of the strongest uses we saw was uh, for healthcare and caregiving activities. These amazing patient populations, people who were sharing disease conditions or wanted to hear about what was going on with certain diseases and symptoms, they immediately bonded with others who were complete strangers, but shared the same story about a medical condition or a caregiving set of circumstances that were really central to their lives.
0: And that's not to mention, Lee, the, the, the connections that have been restored between all of us and our high school classmates or college classmates. All of a sudden, we're back with them.
4: That's, that was the second magic part, Fred. Um, it, you know, the fancy social science word for that is the restoration of latent ties. So these actually in many, in many people's lives are, ta- are connections to important people that had withered. They didn't live in the same hometown anymore. They didn't go to the same school anymore. They didn't share the same job anymore. But all of a sudden, if you remember back to those early days of Facebook, when you created your profile, it immediately began to ask you, what are your interests? Where have you lived? Where have you worked? What was your education? And it would repopulate the field with people who might have wanted the same school as you or worked at the same place or lived in the same community and it was like watching your past come to life again and so many uh senior citizens just thought that was magic and it was the big draw for them to go online
1: and of course the covid has forced us to be at home And so these connections are even more important now, right? Yeah, we've seen um, sort of an
4: increase in literally the urgency that people have felt after we began to shelter in place, urgency to reach out. Sometimes, as, as Fred so beautifully pointed out, to people in their past that they didn't wanna lose track of anymore. Or people that they only had episodic contact with, they doubled down on the number of times they call them or FaceTime them or have Zoom calls with them or things like that. So there was a sort of a a nesting uh, sentiment that allowed people to basically rebuild their social networks, particularly when they were worried about themselves and worried about their friends and trying to find some social interactions that were also safe.
1: I know I've uh, been to a Zoom baby shower, a birthday party, shopped for a wedding dress with my new daughter-in-law. And this weekend I'm going to a memorial service and I have posted a holiday party. And I've been so inspired how people want to stay together. They want to, they will skill up to learn to be a part of that because they wouldn't want to miss it, right?
4: Yeah, I, I, you just get the feeling that this is going to be a permanent Change in our culture and maybe around the world that having this distressing, scary, isolating experience occur to us, uh, people aren't going to move back to lives of individualism and, and just sort of not being in contact. That This instinct to restore connections and to deepen connections it's now sort of a permanent part of life for a lot of people. Exactly in the ways that you're describing, Mary. It's, it's across the board from joyful things to the, the most heart wrenching things. They now can be experienced on these platforms, and people appreciate that.
1: I, I also think I'm you and Fred are two of the brightest stars that I've ever worked with. You know, uh, the intellectual candle power uh, that you kind of allude when you share your ideas. And I love that I'm reconnecting with these colleagues and staying learning from them and sharing their learnings with our wider audience because um, it's just a fun thing to do. It deepens, if we can't go outside to the local store, you have the world right in front of you as one of my senior net members used to say.
4: There's just a, a ton of research now showing, Mary, that the stuff you describe as fun, which really is fun, is really good for people it keeps them healthier makes them happier they have a deeper sense of well-being and and, and so this is like an elixir for mm-hmm. life and these technologies that are helping people stay connected in times of stress and distress are a godsend and, and people are, are thinking about them that way and what's so interesting is that they can expand, their social networks and, and just keep a lot more balls in the air as they deal with as many people as, as, as is desirable for them. And we all know that people who have bigger, stronger, more diverse networks just have a way better time in life than people who are living more in isolation.
1: I, w- I want to go back to the point you made about the health niches inside of Facebook. So uh, I have a friend who has a bone disease and she has found a, uh, A niche health group, support group inside Facebook on that. And, you know, as you get older, and I don't know that the boomers are really going to be senior citizens because they're 75 in January. I'm 72. And so when we look at this new generation of of older adults, I think that they're kind of ready to rock and roll again, play games again, travel virtually and work. You know, work may be important. I think part of the reason they're skilling up and using the internet is that if they have to, if they wanna continue to work, they're gonna have to learn how to work from home, right? Yeah. Um, What was particularly
4: striking to see after the great recession, 2008, 2009, and then doubling down again after the pandemic hit this year, is, is people um, sort of taking stock of their skills, of their employability, of, of their well-being. You know, what, what makes me happy and how do I achieve that? And there's a, there's a lot of ways now that people can exploit these technologies to make sure they stay on top of the things that interest them or to find new activities um, that would capture their interest in new ways. Or as you described, a, a, a lot of people are driven to be learning in part to take care of themselves and to take mm-hmm. care of the people that mm-hmm. they love. And what is proliferating online is all of these niche communities that are very specific to almost um, by age groups, by disease conditions, by caregiving circumstances, by community, the internet it was built for those kind of very small, but very targeted communities.
1: Right. There's a book called The Long Tail yep. that you probably have read. And we have seen through the company Get Set Up, a lot of people are wanting to learn how to use Etsy or Shopify so that they can launch a business inside those platforms. So I think 2021 will be a year of the hybrid. We will probably never go back to completely... All live events, there will always be a virtual component. And also the audience that we're reaching is global. So we have people attending our conferences from around the world, and we're seeing deal flow from the around the world. So it's kind of an exciting time, I think. Mary,
4: you're like the poster child uh, for the mega trends that we're seeing. I, I think everything you said was right. That we're gonna live in a hybrid world and it's gonna internationalize uh, a lot of things, it seemed pretty local and pretty domestic uh, in bygone days. And it's, it gives people just enormous opportunity to find the things that turn them on and, uh, and help them um, live the lives they want to live.
1: It's well, so funny. Uh, my father had a, was an entrepreneur. And you know, for him, packing up a week's worth of clothes and going on a business trip in California was a big deal. You'd go in the car and you'd come back the following Friday or something. For us now, we can do business around the world. And we're certainly seeing that today with the Airbnb IPO, that the deal flows are coming in from around the world. So over to you, Fred. Um, I really appreciate this conversation, Lee. Um, Really
0: really wonderful. And uh, we want to tell our audience, don't go away. There's more to come. But Lee, thank you for sharing the great work that you're doing at Pew Research. and, And thanks for being with us.
4: Thank you for giving me a chance to talk about that work. It's a pleasure to be with you both.
0: Mary, this being December and everyone thinking about family and being together, even though so much of that is virtual this year, we're going to celebrate with a heartwarming story and some music the story involves 94-year-old Madeline Foreman of New Jersey, her son, Dr. Glenn Foreman, and a cousin, Howie Foreman. He's from Montreal. Hi, everybody.
5: Hi there, Fred. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Hi.
0: Well, it is great to see you. And Glenn, I think we'll start with you first to tell us some background of what this story is all about.
6: Well, my uh, story is about my mother who was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. And um, my grandparents were Russian immigrants. My mother is the fourth of five children. And she discovered at a very young age that she loved to sing. And she was, you know, honestly quite talented. And as she grew older, uh, while she was in high school, She heard about a talent contest in a theater called the Adams Theater in Newark, which was a very popular place. In fact, people that have performed there included Duke Ellington and the Andrews Sisters and Ella Fitzgerald and Tommy Dorsey. And my mother heard about a talent contest at the Adams Theater, and she entered, and she won. And that gave her the... Uh, the sense that she had potential as, as a singer and um, eventually she saved up her money and she was able to record her first uh, records at a place called the Hertz Recording Studio in Newark and that was at the age of 20. Um, so she was on her way. Unfortunately, Her family was really quite poor, and my mother made a decision that she would get a job as a secretary to ensure a steady source of income to help out her family, and that unfortunately essentially put an end to her singing career. And then, lo and behold, a few months ago, my parents moved from their home of nearly 60 years into an apartment. And during the move, my mother came across a box that had her old recordings in it going back to 1946. And also some recordings of her singing at her wedding in 1953. So she told me about what she had found and she hadn't listened to these records in maybe 60, 65 years. And I immediately reached out to my cousin, Howie, who is a, a musician and record producer in Montreal. And Howie took it from there. And he's done a wonderful job in helping to digitize my mother's music. So it's, um, it's a wonderful story. And, and certainly my entire family is so grateful to Howie for helping to preserve
0: her music. Oh, Madeline, let me ask you, when you found this box of, of records when you were moving not long ago, and this is in the midst of a pandemic too, these are, these are what, 78 RPM records, yes. the old 78s for those of us who remember turntables?
3: Yes, that's correct. Yep.
0: What was your reaction when you found them?
3: Shock. I said, wow, I couldn't, I just didn't know what to do. I, I quick called Glenn. I said, guess what I found? And uh, that's what he told us. What happened? And here we are.
0: Did you have anything to play them on? Yeah,
3: you know, we looked around.
6: And we certainly, I thought maybe my parents during the move had found an old record player. No, never. But we, we had nothing. So we, we have a friend who had an old record player that, can, that could uh, allow us to hear 78s. And then once we heard the music, then we reached out to Howie.
0: All right, Howie, your turn. Tell us what happened here. They reach out to you, and they've got this box of old 78 records, probably quite scratchy and everything else.
5: Well, Glenn Glenn gave me a call, and he asked me if I knew anyone who knew anything about uh, restoring archival recordings <clears throat> and oddly enough, a few places in my career, I did do that sort of thing, mostly with tape, um, but uh, I had never done it with, with 78s before. So I asked around my friends, a lot of my recording engineer friends, who would be the best person or the best place to transfer this stuff and found a great studio in California. They're called King Tet Productions, T-E-T. And uh, they gave us uh, all kinds of really good suggestions on how to wrap them carefully and send them. And because when you find this kind of archival stuff, one of the most important things is not to play them or not to play them too often because the material is so old that It just starts to kind of disintegrate with old tapes. um, There's a technique called baking where we actually put them in an oven at 150 degrees. um, And the uh, because the oxide becomes sticky on them, kind of like a roll almost of of scotch tape that one layer sticks to the next. And this is what happens with old recording tape anyway. Uh, So, uh, but we did get them sent to California and transferred, and then the engineers sent the files to me so I could download them into my studio, and they really sounded pretty good. And because it was an interesting project from a technical point of view, I took one of the songs, and I had some musicians play along with these recordings that had been made almost 70 years ago, and then tried to kind of mix the sounds together. So they all sounded from the same idiom as though they would sound from the same time, just sound a little fuller and better uh, as if at the time Madeline would have had the budget to call in a few other musicians. And because it was an interesting thing to do technically, I took one song and I posted it on my social media and most of my friends and colleagues are, are in the business. And the, the response from the musical community of, of people that I knew from Canada, the United States and all around the world was really super sweet. I mean, people were just knocked out with the performances and they found them very, very touching. A lot of them said that they would play them for their parents. And because, you know, they were of that time. And so I was able to sort of deliver those really, that really nice feedback and those good wishes to my cousin Madeline, who in fact was an excellent singer. And I spoke with a lot of my colleagues and, I, and we sort of said, you know, um, if we had had to give up our dreams of working in music or entertainment, or even on the technical side of recording, and just because you know it worked out that way, we couldn't. Wouldn't we wonder, for decades and decades, you know, were we really good enough? Could could we have, could we have really done this? Because it's such a difficult and unforgiving business. So looking at it from that point of view, it was really sweet to be able to. Um, get a lot of positive feedback for Madeline and a lot of reinforcement from terrific professional musicians and singers, among them Grammy Award winners and Academy Award winners to be able to say, yeah, you could have done this.
0: Mary, I know you wanna ask some questions to Madeline too. And I'd like to know what her response was when she got this terrific gift, but I'm I'm gonna let you chime in first, Mary.
1: We'll start with that question. What was your response, Madeline? My response, uh,
3: oh, overwhelmed. Uh-huh. Yeah, I haven't heard them for all these years. And probably I didn't have a player. That's probably what the, the uh, answer was. And I just never even looked at them. I never even gave it any thought
1: until such time as now, which is so exciting, It's wonderful. I you know, there, there's magic in this story, Fred, because in the time of COVID, many people are changing locations or thinking about how they want to live, getting rid of some of their cleaning, organizing their home. And then there are these jewels that you find. And this was a jewel and it became a family project. But I'd love to hear you sing a little. <laughs> Could you sing some one of your favorite songs? Tear a star from out the sky, and the
3: sky feels blue. Tear a petal from a rose, and the rose weeps too.
1: A little, uh, you know, a couple of years later, not the same.
0: That's just you beautiful. Know.
1: That is wonderful. I've been watching the Netflix series Sinatra. And one of the things that's great about it is it's such a period piece that you hear this music that we, my parents danced in the kitchen every day to Frank Sinatra. And so there are these period pieces. And I love the way you all shared the, the music. And that was a great choice, Madeline. My new granddaughter's Claire Rose. So, I love that <laughs> song. Oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice?
0: Well, let's take more of a listen. This is one of my favorites. <laughs>
7: There's one thing that I've got, that's my man. Cold and wet, hard you bet, but all that I'll soon forget with my man. Not much for look and no hero out
0: of book. How, let, let me ask you, while well, this, well, this is playing here, leaving some of the old time scratchiness in that's it that i assume was intentional here because it
5: it really takes you back it's intentional but at the same time it's kind of necessary because in those days the, the the spectrum of frequencies i don't want to get too technical but um it's kind of a narrow bandwidth so there's nothing very very high and there's nothing very very low and the uh, the artifacts the scratches and pops and stuff like that they're from the actual friction of the needle in the groove and we have the technology to take them away completely but if you do that you also degrade the quality of the music so there'd be the if they were the same frequencies as a place where Madeline was singing or the piano player was playing, those would get lost as well. So that's, that's, that's kind of the toss up. That's where you say, sure, it would be great if um, we made it sound as though it was recorded today, but we can't really do that because the, the frequency range is so small. And you know, the frequency range of our voices is actually pretty small. Um, So if we take too much away, sure we can make it sound clean but it would sound more antiseptic. Madeline,
0: what do you remember about being in the studio recording these? You must've been a nervous young woman.
3: Well, you know, I, at the time I was very focused and I remember seeing a microphone, getting in front of the microphone, just shutting my eyes and just singing. And that's about
1: it. Yes, it's a wonderful feeling.
0: Well, it's too bad they didn't have American Idol in the voice back then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, Fred, I wondered um, the lyrics that were, were so beautiful. Um, that genre of music, people, wrote about their relationships. And Madeline, you told us you've been married for a long time. Tell us the secret to your long marriage.
3: (laughs) The secret. Sing to him every night. I I just made that up. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I don't know. If we just do what we do, and uh, it evidently worked. Right, right. And (laughs) both of
0: you did 94, you're 94, he's 98. Any secrets there?
3: Keep going. I I keep singing when I want to. And uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. We're good health. We're we're fine. And, you know, you have your family around. Would you like to hear a little story about when when we were first married? year here, here I of course uh, thinking about my career and I get married on a on a Sunday and this was like a couple of days later we went at uh, the time where most, most young kids went to the Neverly hotel for our honeymoon and uh, we went there on Monday and um, Thursday they had a um, guest night and if anybody wanted to do something they should go up the stage and do it of course me, who always wanted to sing, I got up and I sang, and he offered me a job there, singing at the hotel, and I foolishly looked to the audience, and say, "Witnesses," as if it, <laughs> I needed two thousand people to to guarantee it. But you know, I had married already, so things were a little different. That was that was unusual. That was nice.
1: Well. Fred, in this holiday season, I just think this is a great gift to see the love and care of your family finding these treasures and then sharing them with all of us. I I hope everyone is inspired by your story and thinks about the treasures that are in their own home.
0: Madeline, Glenn, and Howie, thank you for sharing this story with, with us all. And I want to point out you're sharing this with everybody because anybody can go to your website, Madeline Forman, F-O-R-M-A-N.com, and listen to all of these songs. I think that's just so beautiful that you're, that you're sharing it, not only with family, but with, with everyone.
3: I and you
1: to- know, Fred, in a year when Sophia Loren comes back, I see no reason why Madeline can't be on the bike. <laughs> Oh, wow. So look like her, right? <laughs> We are, well, you look great to me. So thank you all. It was great. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, you
3: very much. Have a thank good you.
1: holiday.
0: Mary, what a wonderful way to wrap up our December podcast, hopeful for the holidays. And I think we found an overall theme here, almost by accident restoration. Madeline's son and cousin helped her restore the music she created maybe three quarters of a century ago. We talked about restoring other kinds of memories, photographs with Michael, and the role the internet is playing with Lee Rainey.
1: Yes, and I think we have been in a hybrid world. We have not been able to meet in person, so many of us are looking online to find ways to restore our family connections, our holiday traditions, and also our our corporate and colleague friendships. Um, How exciting for me to begin this podcast with you. And there's another
0: restoration. We worked together so many years ago. Right,
1: And then also to feature some of the colleagues we knew through the years, and also to have a much wider audience for our ideas as the internet has made all that possible. Uh, but I also am grateful to Michael Phillips because he kind of told us where to start. So if you, while there is data that shows that are a lot on the internet, there's also data that there are some who are not. So if you want to get them started, Michael gave us some good tips for that.
0: And there are organizations that, uh, that we've talked about in the past that can really help people too, whether it's getting on the internet or just helping to overcome all of this isolation.
1: Yes, I think in many ways, the COVID has caused a revolution in technology adoption. In many ways, the COVID has caused us to technology become a must-have for us as we access services and healthcare. There are many organizations and nonprofits that are working day in and day out um, to help older adults. And so as you think about the end of the year, let's shine a light on those Organizations like Leading Age and ARP Foundation, American Society on Aging, the National Council on Aging, the National Area Agencies on Aging, and a multitude of entrepreneurs that are innovating in the space to mitigate the loneliness that older adults are feeling. It's one of the largest pains that there are. And I hope that we will inspire others to reach out and restore some. Friendships, whether by phone or by, their, by using your computer, by connecting on Facebook and um, reach out to the others. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday with your family, Fred. I hope all of our listeners have a wonderful holiday. And I look forward to a wonderful 2021 where we have many exciting things in store.
0: That's our hopeful theme. And we want to thank our sponsor, Life Bio and my hello for more information and more of our podcast you can head to maryfurlong.com thanks for joining us and please stay safe